I'm Itır Eraslan and this is the Marketing Meeting Podcast, the place where I meet with marketing experts to talk about the latest news, tools and strategies that matter in today's marketing world. If you think about what we do, it is about the everyday. It's about how people react, to, you know, like, you know, to, to kind of the, the work we do, right? The mm-hmm. kind of imagery we create or the campaigns we create or the branding we develop. Mm-hmm. It's all about culture, right? I mean, yeah. you know about this kind of working at Nike, you know that that's what it was always about, right? Welcome to the second episode of the Marketing Meeting channel. My guest today is Balwant Ahira. Balwant is a creative brand director with a special expertise in lifestyle, beauty and fashion. Today, we assume that we are having coffee over Zoom and we discuss things related to creativity, brands and brand identity. I hope you enjoy the show. Don't forget to leave your feedback to me so that I can improve on the show. Thank you so much. Okay, amazing. What are you yeah. having for coffee? What are you having for coffee? You're gonna have a flat white. You're gonna have a cappuccino. What are you having this morning? Yeah, I, I can have a flat white with almond milk, actually. Okay. All right, I'm gonna that's have a regular routine. <laughs> I'm gonna try to get. I'm gonna get. I'm working towards the ve- the vegan thing. Whenever I cook, I do cook mostly vegan. Um, oh, okay. So, but is, uh, is it because of your um, cultural background, or is it? No, just, uh, I, it's just well, actually, I, it's I, I kind of took up yoga a long time ago. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and meditation and it's part of my part of that whole process so like the vegetarian diet and yeah and like you know no alcohol and all that stuff kind of I went down the really clean route this morning I was thinking about um, a process actually I'm, that I'm going through uh, normally as a you know my main work is uh, my main work revolves around brand strategy so creating a brand strategy for brands Uh, and then I generally start with the consumer side of it. So without before I deep dive into, you know, competition, marketplace or the essence of the brand and etc. I always start with the interviews of customers. Uh, that's how it is. So I start with interviews of the customers and then I deep dive into the marketplace, competition and so on. And then, you know, comes the strategy pillars uh, but this time for a project i don't know why but i decided to follow a different path uh, it's it because started because of some operational issues because i was traveling and i couldn't meet with the customers and so on i said okay let's not start with the customer but this time i'll deep dive instead of that i'll deep dive into the brand competition marketplace business uh, insights and so on And I'll do the customer piece a little bit later. And it didn't work. (laughs) Uh, It took too much time and I was lost in details, uh, looking to the other brands, um, social media, other brands, uh, manifestos and so on. And I kind of started circulating around the project. And then I recognized a few days ago that I didn't spend enough time at the customer side. So, so I did, so I flipped the methodology actually. And I, yesterday I met like, I think six different customers through, you know, Zoom actually. 
And suddenly this morning I was already uh, building in my mind, I was building the strategic pillars of that brand this morning because of the customer piece was missing. Right, right. So, and then I said, I mean, this, I mean, and yesterday I was also dreaming about it. I mean, yesterday I found myself waking in the middle of the night thinking about, okay, we should approach this from here, from there, because just because that I did enough of the customer insight sessions yesterday, because I was able to get the necessary data from those interviews. So, I mean, for example, that that's a important sharing from my side i mean i generally start with customer side and that's how it goes for me uh but i and that's that's my ritual actually that's the ritual that i work and maybe some someone else is working at the same direction uh but when i flipped it around it didn't work for me and then i said okay everything is starting with the customer and i knew it and i don't know why i didn't i do it this time but it was good it, it, i think it was really good that you challenged yourself to try something different i mean it, <laughs> It's right. It kind of it then kind of gives you even more confidence in your original and your own approach, right? Kind of like, okay, I tried that, didn't work for me. Probably works for someone else, but doesn't work for me. I know this method really works for me. But yeah. it's, you know, you have to be brave to kind of try that different route, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I do tend to kind of do that sometimes. Like, it's, uh, I suppose as a creative, you have to be able to have the confidence to just try thing new new things you know it's how you discover new ideas right mm-hmm. um, and you you know, you know and or, or I think a lot of what a lot of creatives struggle with is the idea of spending a lot of time you know working in one direction and it's not quite worked and rather than kind of like saying okay scrap that I'm going to start again they they can't do that they have to they keep kind of like trying to tweak the thing that they've done because the idea of having to start again scares them oh, whereas, yeah. whereas like for me it's like okay let's start again you know like let's that hasn't worked and I think part you know what I was saying the other day is it's kind of that idea of like not being attached to your work putting a lot of being very passionate about it putting yeah. like 100% into it like really being in the zone and like being there but like not being attached to it you know, it's taken a while for me to get to that. Do point. that actually. I mean, like, yeah, it, it's taken a while. How can you get detached from the work that you do? Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you where I learned this actually. Well, I don't know if I learned it, but there was someone I worked with a, a while back when, um, and it was during my time at Pentagram. I don't know if you know uh, designing. Okay. Of course, I know Pentagram. Right. I, I was <laughs> there for a little while. I didn't know that you did. You work there? Yeah, just for a little while. Oh, okay. Um, and I mean, it was a bit too graphic design for me, but anyway, but, you know, I'm surrounded by the most amazing, obviously, you know, right? world famous designers. And uh, I was working with an amazing partner there. And we were working on a Spanish newspaper, like re- relaunching a Spanish newspaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I was getting really into it. And I was, you know, I was quite young and I, I used to you know we, as you know, when you're younger you just get attached to things and you just think it's mine and someone might criticize it and you just think why don't you like it you know it's great you know and um, as you do when you're younger um and I just remember the partner saying to me he just said like you know don't ever get attached to your work because it will kill you you know it would it will he actually said it will ruin your life <laughs> and he said because it ruined mine or something like that and um and um, and I just remember like going home that evening, really thinking about that, like 
how I remember him being very passionate about his work and yet I would never have thought he wasn't I, I, would, I would have thought he was really attached to it but he wasn't and I, I loved that approach and it made me realize that if we're able to let go mm-hmm. I think we can give so much more because it's like I think a lot of it is ego driven mm-hmm. yeah that idea of attachment a lot of it is ego right and it's like you know it comes back to the thing we were just talking about about you know kind of yoga and kind of all these things it's like and I, I think it's that element of letting go um mm. so that so the ability so it's taken a while but definitely I feel liberated to be honest with you to be able to like not be attached I mean it's like when when I'm when um I met um oh gosh always forget his name you know our, our friend fine. huh no He's no fine. No, our friend, the jewel. Um, Murat. Murat. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I remember, you know, talking to him and I don't think he'd ever met anyone like me, like not a creative like me, because I was talking about his life and about his father and about history. And, and he was, I think he, he, he just thought I was going to just talk about design and creativity. And I didn't care about that stuff, you know. And, um, and I just remember, you know, he, you know, he was saying to me, well, we, we have someone else we're talking to you know as well and I said I th- that's great you know like you should work with her you know because I think you know um and if he you know and and I think he was kind of quite surprised like <laughs> I wasn't trying to pitch myself you know it was like because at the end of the day it's like the way I kind of see it is if I was a founder of a brand <laughs> I wouldn't choose uh, an agency based on just just purely based on their portfolio yeah it'd be based on their personality it'd be based on can i will i be have a be able to have a good relationship with these people and go on a long journey with these people yeah and and enjoy it right because the work we do well like it's my brand so i'm going to make sure it's going to be great right Mm -hmm. and i'm talking to agencies or designers or creatives or you know textile experts you know who are just going to be great at what they do right mm-hmm. and together if we go on a journey and we enjoy it I'm sure we'll produce something really magical mm-hmm. you know and like so for me it's that was my has always been my approach it's like I'm not competing against anyone I've never felt that you know like if, you, if I'm in a room with a bunch of other creatives and some of them have done probably done you know have won all kinds of awards maybe you know won your your Cannes award and your DNAD awards and your Oscars doesn't it doesn't intimidate me at all because ultimately it's like that's just like an opinion and I can only do what I do and I don't really want to do what anyone else does because I can't do it I'd fail you know it's, so um so it's never been like that for me competition it's always been like if someone feels like you know they've got there are other designers or other creatives they're working with I always kind of say like you should definitely work with them <laughs> you know and if you get stuck then let's have a conversation you know um that's always been my approach what is it that makes us like things at a certain time and what what is it that you know we didn't like it before but we like it now and a lot of that's down to like what's happening in the world 
you mm-hmm. know, the way people's mindsets are changing in, in society, something might have happened and that's kind of changed people's outlook of how they see things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think so if you always, if you try to stay tapped in to mm-hmm. what's going on out there, mm-hmm. that really helps. That kind of basically allows you to think in the same way as you thought when you left college, that kind of very clear way of thinking of like you're you're open to everything you're not kind of like well this is what i like and i'm just gonna that's all i like it's like you're open do you know what i mean yeah and and i think that that's really important it's funny it's like during the whole pandemic and the whole lockdown and how you know for instance here in england you know there was a period where you weren't allowed to go beyond five five miles of where you lived for instance right crazy right some of these things you kind of think how could this be how could we be living like this but anyway um and i remember like you know there's you know in you know in our community here like or people who live in you know certain parts of england or or not just england but other places too in other countries i don't think they really discovered community no. They, they were so disconnected from community and their local community and you know they'd be so busy like getting to their very important job you know so going to a local you know cafe they wouldn't even talk to their barista order their coffee straight on the train you know like on their phone what it's like you know and then it was kind of almost ro- robotic but all of a sudden people started to realize oh hold on there's a really cool store, you know, around down the street. It's a really nice bakery. And actually the person who serves me is really nice. And it's like, they, it took them a pandemic to discover there's an, an amazing, beautiful community. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and the thing is, it's, it's crazy. And, and the thing is like, for me, community has always been important. It's um, and, and like some of the best, some of the conversations I have where you just kind of talk to someone in a local store it's just way more, I don't know, I don't know, kind of insightful sometimes. Mm-hmm. And going to a, 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 you know, some kind of business kind of conversation, kind of boardroom presentation, it's like, you know, I, I don't know, I mean, um, and I, so I, I'm kind of, I think you have to be really open, right? Mm-hmm. And then, then the creativity doesn't come, you know, sitting at the house or sitting in meetings, uh, discussing, okay, what does the customer do, you know, just like um, treating them with a, just like a special species uh, living <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. And we try to figure out the insights of that. I mean, figuring out the insight of a customer or consumer, however you say, is just trying to be either, either one of those customers uh, yourself or just understand them as much as possible i mean there was a word that we used to be used a lot at nike uh, be the fan of them so that they become the fan of yours but first be the fan of the customer so uh, i always put it that way either be the customer yourself uh, so if you are going to sell the running shoes then run you know indeed just go out and run run live a marathon just live it yeah a half marathon other other than otherwise you're not going to understand it or if you're not running a marathon you run maybe shorter distances but you get to know the customer really well i mean just be their fan so that you understand their world otherwise it's not gonna 
come sitting in front of a laptop or sitting in a meeting, uh, trying to figure out the insights of a species that you're interested, right? 100%, 100%. And then, you know, I think the other thing is like things that have really inspired me in my career in that, because it sounds like you had an incredible time at Nike. You probably learned a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah, especially looking through the eyes. I mean, putting the customer first was something that I learned uh, a lot. I mean, it was everything was starting with the customer. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, and it's interesting, isn't it? You go into a, a brand like that, how life changing it is, and how it makes you learn a lot about yourself, doesn't it? And yeah. develop, you know, your own kind of skills, etc. Um, but I think what's helped me is like when I've wor- worked a lot with founders. Mm-hmm it's kind of really interesting just the way they they tick tick and they the way they think and i think that some of the best ones are the ones that you know they don't they don't let anything get in the way of their vision you know what i mean they they won't even let targets blur their vision you know and and, and that's a beautiful thing that it comes to a point where you know it's almost like their integrity of the of uh what they uphold as a brand vision is way to a point more way more important than anything mm-hmm. um, and that's that's the ones that i think succeed and continue to succeed and continue mm-hmm. to inspire and uh you know everyone else you know um mm-hmm. i think that that's really important because it's like it's very easy for a founder or for a, you know or a, someone leading a brand to just get you know you know just kind of become distracted by targets Mm, yeah whereas if you always keep them back in your mind okay well my vision is this you know and like i'll give you give you an example i remember once um we interviewed uh, a guy called terry jones who was the founder of a magazine called id Mm -hmm, yeah um and and id always kind of you know the most amazing thing about id magazine is like the branding is just incredible it's just like a girl winking right that's yeah. what it is right i mean you could remove and he actually even talked about this that he was at one point was going to even take the word id off so it was oh. just just a picture of the girl winking right or the guy winking so that's how powerful that brand is mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. and any you kind of you always used to say you know like i kind of set myself quite a difficult task because every month i had to think of a new way of creating a, a fresh new image of a girl winking <laughs> you know um and but it was, but he said that's what kind of kept him, in, you know, excited about the the thing was because it was a challenge every month. But anyway, he, I remember him saying to me, he goes, you know, I I know that I could sell three times more copies of ID magazine if I put, you know, cover lines on on the magazine. So they, you know, always always have one word on the mm-hmm. cover, you know, um, and. And he said so because he did like a test. So he kind of did this test where they did this whole issue on like the sex issue, right? Oh, okay. Which which sounds? And and he um and he so he got his um his editor at the time to just kind of like like pull loads of um cover lines from tabloid newspapers, like sex cover lines from tabloid newspapers, broadsheets, magazines, and they just I think they just covered it with loads of these kind of you know headlines to do with sex and it's, uh-huh. it was the biggest one of the biggest selling issues oh. um, so he like he knew like okay if he wanted to if all he cared about was 
making loads of money and hitting all the targets and going past his targets. He knew what he, he had to do, but he was he was never going to do that because it would go against his, do you know what I mean? His, yeah, his, yeah, yeah, his, yeah, yeah. The, his vision and what he stood for and in mm-hmm. the integrity. And mm-hmm. I think that's, these are things that are really important to me is that the integrity of like, of, of what we do. And, and, mm-hmm. and I, and I talk a lot about culture because um, I think it's, you know, we live in a, a world where everything's kind of more open now and everything's accessible, you know, once upon a time, you know, traveling many years ago was difficult and was only for the very rich, you know, and like now anyone could go anywhere. Right. And um, a- a- everywhere's accessible. So cultures become a very mixed thing, you know, like we live in very mixed cultures, especially in big couple, you know, cities where, mm-hmm. where it's beautiful. It's like very diverse. And I think that it's about understanding other people's cultures is so important and not being offended by if this one culture sees things in a different way. Than, than other cultures i think that's really important um and i you know i and that's why i really love when i go to other countries when i'm traveling you know you know i like to kind of meet people and i like to kind of understand or, or you know and like find the community and kind of really discover it a bit as best i can the, mm-hmm. the, the beach will be the last place i go Ah, yeah, I know. Yeah, but when you go to a holiday, you don't hit the beach, but you hit the beach maybe if you have any time at the end of the journey, right? Yeah, when you when you light up that cigar. Yeah, I think it's the curiosity about other cultures, other people's lives, uh, and being as objective as possible, as you said. Uh, it it all sparkles the creativity, as far as I put it that way because i mean like if you're not objective then it's going to be your idea if if you cannot uh you know immerse your, yourself in the other cultures life other uh, communities life you don't get it i mean uh, then it's only balmat ahira's uh, perspective right not perspective balmat ahira's wish or needs uh that's why i think it's important there there is one other thing because i i can see that a lot of brands especially the startup brands are having a difficulty with um you know when you are building a brand it starts i mean it usually starts with the logo the colors the typography and etc and sometimes what i see that most of the founders are putting a lot of focus after building the product, they put a lot of focus when they are building the brand, they put a lot of focus to the logo, colors and typography piece, which is the, I mean, not even the photography. I mean, I'm just talking about the, the logo. branding. Yeah. Yeah. The, the branding, yeah. yeah, the brand identity. Uh, what do you think about that? I mean, sometimes it's really important, as you said, I mean, the ID magazine, magazine right? Or let's say the swoosh of Nike logo. Uh, it's so important, but at the end of the day, there are some cases that it's not that important, right? You can get stuck while trying to build the best logo ever. Well, What's I, the point of view? Yeah, I, I think, you know, that comes back to like your your question before um, when we were last speaking about, you know, kind of content and, you know, kind of how brands position themselves. And ultimately it's like this, right? So if you take, say, Nike. Yeah. Or, or any kind of brand, they go through these phases, right? Where they either come into fashion or they go out of fashion, right? And 
the swoosh has always been there, right? The, the Nike logo is pretty much, maybe they've tweaked it a little over the years, but it's pretty much the same typeface really, right? Um, it's kind of what they stand for and it's whether they're relevant and they've got their fingers on the pulse as to what's going on out there in the world right now, mm -hmm. right? And I think that's the most important thing. Like if a brand has integrity and really stands for what it believes in, doesn't always shift with fashion, it's just there doing its thing, then it's always credible, it's always relevant. And then it's almost like the logo doesn't matter. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It comes invisible. It's a bit like, let's say, Comme de Garçon. It's like, she's always done her own thing. You know, she she doesn't care about what the fashion world's kind of doing to, the, to a point. Mm -hmm. She'll just do her, her thing, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, and so for that reason, it's kind of always been there and it's always relevant to an extent, you know, um, because it's more about curiosity and about dis it's discovery. And, um, and I think, you know, like, so ultimately these idea of like branding and logos, it's uh, partly it's to do with consistency. You know, you're, cre you're creating kind of an identity that, so as the brand grows, I think the teams need to understand, okay, there are some guidelines and some rules, you know, mm -hmm. but ultimately like you have to understand the culture, you know, it's like, once again, coming back to your experience at Nike, it's like, you've got to live it mm -hmm. in order to understand your client, um, your customer, you know, and for them, you've got to fall in love with them before they'll fall in love with you. <laughs> you know yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. it's, so it's the same same thing it's like um so that that's my thing it's like so you're kind of creating these a kind of visual language that people can follow globally as in within a, a brand but ultimately your the the most important thing is the almost your the 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 brand's values and their pillars what mm -hmm. what they stand for and um because that has way more strength. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because if you, for example, it was a good example to have Comme des Garçons, uh, because when you look at some general guidelines to for a brand name, uh, probably it doesn't, it's not the best brand name, right? I mean, like, because not every um, person in the world can pronounce it properly it's a long one etc etc right but still it's a very established brand that a lot of people in that segment knows right uh, so as you said i mean it's i think a balance uh, it's important but at the end of the day um that logo is made through the history i mean like that logo maybe doesn't make any sense 20 years ago but as they build some identity and attitude behind that, then it started to matter and it has a heart in people's mind. 100%. Uh, maybe it's not the best logo visually or artistically, or it's not the best logo that stands out in the digital space. But then, I mean, so it's like a big sweet balance, I think. I mean, because sometimes I see some of the founders spending too much time uh, trying to nail the logo piece yeah. that things yeah. things get stuck really i mean that's yeah. that's how i see but then i try to tell them okay this is important at the end of the day the colors that you pick now the color palette the logo the typography typeface is important 
but there is a time that you need to move on. I mean, you need to move on building the other pillars of brand identity, right? Yeah, it's, it is about the attitude is really important, what you stand for, the values, because actually those will also influence the, the look and feel of a logo and the colors you use. You know, mm -hmm. so if, if that's if you've got a very strong idea and a strong kind of concept for a brand, um, that definitely will influence the way the logo ends up looking. And it should, you know, you shouldn't have a logo that has nothing to do with what you stand for. Mm -hmm. Because then it's just like, what? It's just a piece of design. Yeah. Like, you know, five-year-old kid could do that. It's mm -hmm. like, yeah, just get the get the, the kids in the nursery to do your logo. <laughs> you know, it's like, um, I think that that's why I find it always bizarre that there are founders who get so, like you, to your point, they get so obsessed by this thing. You've got to do the logo. It's got to be, well, without even really thrashing out, what do we stand for? What are our values? Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and that's yeah. what so you know um that was that was what that was that was my approach with uh, even the project we were working on was like like okay what does he stand for what is his history what you know I want to understand his journey and and where he's going because that would have then definitely kind of made me design a certain look and feel um and in some ways like you know we were talking about the Burberry logo last time Mm -hmm. And, and my, my thing was like, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a fine, nice piece of redesign logo, you know, designed by Peter Saville. He's a great designer. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, like, to be honest with you, I just think like, does the customer really care? Like, <laughs> you know, if they had kept that original logo, maybe tweaked it a little if they feel they needed to. And all they did was see the new product that they're doing now and they have been doing for the last few years and the way they're shooting the campaigns and the attitude and the and what they stand for the brand the logo the original logo would have stood still stood up do you, do you know what i'm saying yeah it's like exactly. and i know and i know i'm kind of doing myself out of a, a job here <laughs> you know that because that's part of what i do is design you know do you know do branding partly what i do so you have a product and then you are building a brand out of that product right we always think that the logo, creating the logo starts first. However, it looks as the first step, but the first step is actually trying to, uh, not trying to, but understanding your identity, right? Who are you as a brand? Because, I mean, I always give this example. Um, for example, this jacket can look nice on me. I don't know if it looks nice or not. Okay. <laughs> Uh, it's not only because of my body shape or my the color of my hair and so on, but it's a, about how I use it. You know, yes, I like the attitude that I'm wearing, or maybe I'm just using it in a different way. But yeah. if I if you put this jacket on this exactly the same body form on another person, it will not look the same, right? Yeah, it's exactly the same thing with the logo thing. I mean, first of all. It should very good point. Very yeah. good point. It's a very, very good point. It, uh, I mean, that jacket doesn't look the same on another person. So, yeah. and then you have to know what type of a person you are in order to understand what type of a jacket you're gonna wear. Hundred percent. This is it. You've you've nailed it. That is it. It's like so. And then you kind of say, well, is the logo important? Not really. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's all about the attitude. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and I think that's the thing. It's like the people get so obsessed. Like some of the brands I've gone to work for, and 
people are always going to say, they're always going to say, are you going to redesign the logo? And I'm like, what? There's so much other stuff we've got to do here. <laughs> you know, redesign a logo is such a small part of the whole thing. Customer doesn't care. You know, yeah. like, are we delivering on time? Are we producing product that's kind of like influential and, you know, interesting and kind of nice to wear and, you know, um, and I think that that's way more important um, than these small kind of details, which can have huge, you know, effects. Like, you know, you could take some like, say the Coca-Cola logo, you know, um, it's a very iconic piece of design. And actually what's powerful about it is, you know, you can see it from so far away. And when you look at it, it makes you think of something, you know, so there's, there's that. But the thing is, it's taken them years to get to that point. Yeah, I know that you produce a lot of content uh, for clients, not a lot of, but a lot of quality content, let's say, for clients. Is there anything that you can say that captures the audience? Is it the story or is it the way how it has been shot or? Yeah, I just want to think, um, I think a lot of it's just down to kind of um, the feeling you create. Mm -hmm. you know? uh, and it's, if it's genuine, people will connect with it. You know, mm -hmm. if it's forced, people will see right through it. You know, and I think that that's really important is to kind of create, you know, create stuff that people feel they can see themselves in mm. or they, it feels believable. And, um, you know, I, you know, I always tend to kind of like to work when I'm doing, say, fashion shoots or what have you. I like to kind of let the model just be themselves, mm. you, know, I, I, you know, rather than being a model, you know um it, it, it's very much about kind of for me it's about photorealism really and I know it's kind of weird because like you're in a state say you might be in a studio mm. you know, and you've got a stylist and you get hair and makeup and then you're kind of saying to them all okay just be yourself you know it's like just be natural you know it's like it seems really you know how can that even possibly be you know how can you even possibly do that but I think you can you can create an atmosphere where he or she feels like, okay, I can just be the character I am. Like I can put that jacket on that it is wearing and mm -hmm. I'm just going to be me, you know, rather than I'm going to be that person that's on the mood board that they've got on there, you know, like, mm -hmm. um, and I try to do that because then that way the performance they'll give you will be very real. Mm -hmm. you know, they'll feel comfortable in whatever they're doing as mm -hmm. opposed to, having to be directed heavily you know i know i'm sorry i'm kind of going to to kind of photo shoots and stuff but um but it all comes back to the same thing which is like just to be real in what we do and um honest in what we do right uh because i think that that goes a long way and then i think people then just trust you you know it's, there's no bullshit basically yeah. you know uh, I, i think sometimes Some, some people can find that very uncomfortable. It's like, you know, you're trying to be really real and they're, they're so, and they're not used to that. They're like, oh, but you know, we've got to follow this system and shouldn't we be doing this? And it's like, just like, what are we, we're not saving lives, <laughs> you know? I mean, I've worked in newspapers where I've sent journalists and photo, you know, photographers out to war-torn places thinking like, are they going to come back alive? You know, that's, that's scary. 
Yeah. You know, when you work in the, the world of lifestyle, beauty and fashion, it's like we're just trying to make people feel good. Yeah, right. exactly. And in being real, I mean, like I'm that was one of the insights that we've generated while we were doing. I was my main work was focused on women and and how they feel when they are doing sports or when they are living the life and so on. And then uh, what I found out was that a lot of women, uh, women, like it's, I think it's the same case for men also, uh, they were so bored of, it was like five years ago, they were so bored of the brands that are not being real. Uh, it's not about, uh, you know, when, when I say that it's not about putting, you know, really polished girls to the covers of a photo shoot and so on. It's, it was not about that, actually. Yeah. They were like, uh, customers really, if you try to fake it, if you try to intimidate that you are, your brand is something that um, you don't even embody, uh, they understand it. It's so, I mean, it's, you don't, they don't, you don't need to show them so many clues, but if you fake it as a brand, they get it. So here's the thing, right? This is, so this is, it's very interesting. This mm -hmm. um, is that. It's like everything, right? We just turn it into a fashion. It's like you were just saying, it's like, that's what everyone's doing now, right? Whereas yeah. actually, it's just an attitude. There are people who have just been doing that their whole career. Now, mm -hmm. if you look at, say, I don't know, let's take a very kind of big name like Jürgen Teller, right? Mm -hmm. his, his photography, he's always shot like that, that kind of photorealism, you know, um, to the point that he'll take someone who's so beautiful, probably one of the most beautiful men or women, and he'll just make them look raw, like normal, like anyone else walking down the street. Like, you know, rather than some big iconic actor, he'll mm -hmm. just make them like look like anyone else. And, mm -hmm. uh, and that's down to his idea um, of just being honest and true, right? Yeah. And what and so sometimes what happens is like, so I think with this thing, with the kind of realism and this idea of like not making it look glossy and making it more real, that just comes down to like how people are consuming now mm -hmm. and have been for the last, you know, several, well, more than several years, like, but has become more of a norm to do with like tech and how apps have become very much part of our lives that, you know, we just see stuff on Instagram or TikTok and it's like just, you know, people just messing around. On, you know, in their in their living room or in you know wherever, and they just shot something on their phone and they've shared it, and you know it started like that. They'd share it with their friends, and then it become like, you know, a friend would share it with someone else, and then all of a sudden everyone's doing it, right? Yeah. And then it so what happens is brands then kind of think, oh wow, that must be the next thing. Yeah, we must do yeah. this, right? So let's now create a template where we have to do this. <laughs> because this is what our customers are going to like right yeah. and um and the thing is the integrity is gone because yeah. basically the whole idea of that concept was based on someone just having a bit of fun shooting mm -hmm. something on their phone it's really real it's really raw and it's like they're just sharing it with some people they like or, or they know right mm -hmm. and and i think that that's the thing with brands is like I think the best brands or like the brands that I think will have longevity and influence for a very long time, and they might come in and out of fashion, but they'll always be with us are brands that don't follow that shit. You know, they just do, they're just tapped in, mm -hmm. you know, and they have a very strong 
kind of concept of where they sit within the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes people will notice them and start to copy them. Sometimes they'll just think, oh, like you're so, you know, last year, you know, but they, but this, but these brands, they don't care. Yeah, exactly. They just do their thing, you know, and yeah. It's about the trends, I think, like, and also generalization of ideas, rules of doing business, right? Because there's always like, okay, um, there's a trend, for example, as I mentioned earlier, which I'm going to probably cut from the edit, <laughs> that when there's a, there used to be a trend to use, for example, real supermodels that have the best bodies, you know, best photo shoots and so on, and best photoshopping as well. That was a trend and there were some of the brands, most of the brands were following that trend. And then there was the trend of, okay, let's be real. We need to be true to the customer. So let's go really raw and let's not do any photo shoots, uh, photoshopping at all. Let's show the really ugly side of our bodies and so on. If you do it intentionally, if you show the ugly side of our lives intentionally, just in the sake of being true, It doesn't work, right? Well, it's like watching a, a depressing sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to say, if you follow this type of things as a trend for the sake of doing the following the trends, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Doesn't Because, work. I mean, for me, I mean, personally, I don't want to see the ugly bodies or ugly faces every time, you know, when I'm watching a movie or when I'm looking to a piece of... Uh, photography and so on i mean it's it's not the case well it's just as it's it's just as disingenuous or just as dishonest as going the other way because all you've done is you've just turned it into a style yeah you know exactly. I mean? for example victoria's secret is doing that it's trying to shift its um the the brand image from be using the supermodels with perfect bodies to you know being more equal to more towards more diversity and so on uh, but they are now doing it very in a very little uh, time uh, difference i mean like within a year they shifted the brand from this to that and i don't like some of those really i mean it doesn't look true to me actually Uh, how can that be? And it's, it's it's an art actually to embrace that change within a brand and with, within the trends. I mean, which trends to follow is something really unique to each brand, I think. Some of the trends you have to follow and you have to, but while you are following that trend, you need to figure out the way and attitude that you are going to embody as a brand. Yeah, I mean, you, you, when you have brands like that, they're just following what they feel they should be doing like, as in like oh the world wants us to do this because look look how the world's shifted and changed you know so we should all do this it's a bit like you know during the whole pandemic and we you know with the kind of George Floyd and kind of Black Lives Matter and all of a sudden all these brands were like oh we've got to have a black face we've got to have more black black models oh we need more diversity in our brand and it, mm-hmm. and and it was almost became a bit tokenistic you know mm-hmm. um kind of embarrassing almost and mm-hmm. there are still brands that are kind of doing that there are brands that wanted to do it for a long time but i think because opportunities haven't been presented to minorities as much they weren't there available for those jobs right mm-hmm. but um so although maybe those opportunities have opened up a little what we have to remember is it's like 
you know, it shouldn't be forced. It should be just, it should come naturally. Like we should just, it's like living in a city, right? We're just surrounded by so much diversity. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's partly why I love living in cities is because it's, for me, it's like, I learn so much every day from just seeing different people, different types of people, different communities. And, and I love that, the texture of that for me mm-hmm. is what defines life, you know? Um, and, and I think that, so when you force it in no matter what way, it's just, just kind of, it's fake, you know, it's, um, and people can see through it. You know, the, you might kind of pull the wall, pull the wall over their eyes um, for a short period of time, but eventually I think customers just spot it, you know, you know by a mile, they know it. I think so we much. need to remind ourselves uh, a lot that, yeah, there are trends and there, there are formats that, uh, the industry thinks that it works uh, like short term, short, uh, sh- short form con- uh, content, long form content, what to, what to talk, you have to be really brief, you have to have this perfect um, environment and etc, etc, and so on. And you have to be really prepared. But uh, yeah, those are good things. And we need to keep them in mind. But we don't have to follow them every time. Well, I think it's when you start to kind of think, all right, we have to do this because this is what's working right now. I think that's fine, but it still has to be genuine and and honest in how you do it rather than like trying to follow us, some trying to break it down into some kind of scientific formula. Because Mm -hmm. a lot of the times those things don't even work. Mm -hmm. It has to be real. You know, it has to be really genuine, I think. Um, That's what I think anyway. I I feel that, you know... um, brands will kind of say like oh yeah we did this but didn't kind of work don't know why it's like well maybe you just overthought it maybe you just kind of like you just kind of just did it you know and um the, you know it's a lot of things just people just take things and they they've just follow what's fashionable right now rather than like thinking well did, does is that relevant to what we're doing as a brand mm-hmm. you know and i always remember so many things about some of the people i've worked with in my career and how they've inspired me and they've inspired a you know a whole generation of people because they just followed what they believed in. I remember like work during my time in newspapers, I used to work with uh, quite a few of the Magnum photographers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, th- these guys, you know, they live on another planet, you know, they, their way of like thinking and seeing the world is very different, you know, and I remember I was working with one photographer and he's a very famous photographer. Um, and he used to just shoot black and white. He never shot color, right? And then mm-hmm. one day he picked up a camera and put a color film in there and he never looked back. And, his, and the way he saw color was like a child. Like red was really red. The yellow was really yellow. You know, green was really green. It's like the first time he'd ever seen color, right? That's what his pictures were like. And what happened? People saw his images and they turned it into a style. And, and it became fashionable for a time. You know, and there were fashion photographers starting to shoot like him. And, you know, whereas it was just his personal journey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he still shoots like that. You know, like, a, like an innocent child seeing color for the first time. And I feel that if we can approach our work that way, in that really genuine way, that's honest, I think people can connect with that. 